What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bruh Meets World. What up, Bruh Meets World? Your boy Meets World fan cast. Welcome to episode 67. Yeah, I'm yeah, Siege. Yeah. And I'm your boy, T. Coitus. T. Coitus. Oh, we're mixing it up. 2020. Mm, 2020. You, know, <laughs> you never know what can go. I love it. <laughs> you don't know what to expect. <laughs> okay, uh, speaking of not knowing what to expect, are you ready to talk about this episode? <laughs> Siege, again, I love this episode, and I'm very excited to talk about it. That is, and I have a lot to say about this episode. I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, and also, we got a little commentary from a friend to help us navigate this episode. Oh, do we want to do that now or later? Uh, now or later. Let's do it um, right after the intro and tell me about it. Sure, sure, sure. Because okay. uh, for those of you who don't know, this week's episode is Season 3, Episode 21's Happiest Show on Earth. Tell me about it. Uh, that is, the plot line is, Corey cannot keep his mind off Topanga and tries to woo her by following her to Walt Disney World. But Topanga becomes angry because she believes he traveled all that way for another girl, Kristen. And I want to talk about Kristen. I want to travel, talk about Walt Disney World. But um, we were supposed to have a guest on today, our good friend Cameron Brown. And uh, he couldn't make it, but he did send me his notes because he was yeah. very, very adamant that he uh, participated during this episode. And what he wanted to talk about was ABC, the ABC Networks, and Disney's relationship. Yep. Uh, mostly in the 90s. Well, not just in the 90s, but starting in the 90s with their TGIF lineup. And uh, it even goes on until today. And uh, Cameron wrote, Mostly used as Disney World commercials, obviously, shows would have an episode at the park to help promote new attractions or new parks. All episodes aired in April or May, trying to get interest right before summer break. Uh, and then he gave us a list of each episode, uh, sorry, each series and the episodes and years that they happened. So we have Full House, uh, in 1993. Can we just pause and discuss these episodes? Absolutely. Okay, because the (laughs) Full House episode, this is my beef with these Disney episodes, is that I love Disney World, like, we're from Orlando. Like, let's just throw that out there for people who don't know. We're from Orlando. And seeing them film with places that I know so well is very, very cool. Uh, the, The problem with these shows is that People are doing shit at Disney that you are not allowed <laughs> to do. Things Absolutely. that they do not have featured for everyone. In the Full House episode, Michelle gets like princess for a day or something. Yeah. That does not exist as far as I know. Well, I think now they, at least are like uh, in 2000 or something like that. Uh, and again, our Disney heads out there, I apologize. We could have done this research, but we did not. <laughs> but I do remember that they opened up, um, like, the Disney castle or something. Like, there is a Disney experience. Well, yeah, and they have, like, a princess, a princess breakfast yeah. and, like, a makeover that you can do. But all that shit costs money. Absolutely. And Michelle was just there. She was in the right place at the right time. Don't and she just got me. a bunch of free stuff from Disney, which, if you know Disney... They legit will not do. Don't get me started on Disney and money and <laughs> a trip to Disney and all this other stuff. Uh, what is really funny is that TC and I both had our Disney experiences recently. Yeah. Uh, this in the in the past few months, you went to Disneyland. I went to Disneyland for the first time this weekend. I'm hot off my first Disneyland trip. Exactly. 
not impressed. And then over the holidays, I went to Disney World for the first time since, like, high school. Much more impressive. It is much more impressive, but also it's Disney, so there, there's lots of things. Uh, and my boyfriend had never gone before, so a lot of things were, like, new for him. But he was like, how long is the line? And I was like, yeah, bruh, this is the holiday weekend. At Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny how being from Orlando, we just have that resilience to line wait times. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's only 80 minutes. Do you guys want to jump in here yeah, before exactly. things get crazy? Exactly. Well, he understood because when we, we tried to go on the Avatar ride, it was a five-hour wait. <laughs> five hour. And he was like, who would do that as make people just go into the line? <laughs> but compared, anytime we waited somewhere else, he was like, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> This is what Disney does. At this point, you're forced to get the fast pass if you want to do anything. Absolutely. You know, we're going on the whole we are, We're, we're going else. there. What other Disney-based episodes so, does Cameron point out? First of all, we have Full House in 1993, conveniently aired shortly after the massive bomb that was Disneyland Paris, used to help boost profits for the parks division. Hmm. Then we had Family Matters in 1995, yes. aired to promote the Innovations ride at Epcot. Yes. Which I went on the new Epcot ride, and it's actually, like, they just updated the um, graphics, and it's actually pretty cool yeah. how they were able to do it. Because I remember going on it in, like, 98, and having, like, the old animatronics, and, you know, that whole thing that's in the globe. And I was going to mention about this episode as well, that I thought it was interesting that both take place at Epcot versus Magic Kingdom. As if to say, hey guys, just in case you forgot, we have this other park that's cool too. <laughs> uh, 1996, Disney finishes its acquisition of ABC. Now all the shows go to Disney. Uh, Roseanne in 1996. Nothing really special about this one. One of two that doesn't have a Splash Mountain shot. Ooh, so yeah. only, only two. Who would have thought Roseanne would have been the woke one? <laughs> step by step, in yes. 1996, most comprehensive of the park visits, plot of the episode is the kids attempting to ride every ride in the park. Cody, so basically yes. a giant Disney World commercial, which crossed over with this. We had a little Absolutely. crossover, and don't get me wrong, it's really cheesy. I was so giddy yeah, during I really the step by step. Crossover. That's the thing is this whole episode is cheesy as hell. Nothing makes sense plot wise, but you're just that's the magic of Disney. You're just kind of enchanted by it all. But not just Disney. I was like, oh, I get crossover episodes. Yeah, now. because we got one character and I the entire time who I have not watched step by step in years. It renewed your interest in it. I right? was so excited. Yeah. I was so excited to see. I it. mean, it's Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy. Like, it, we should be. Like, is it streaming anywhere? I don't know. We gotta check that out. Guys, uh, let us know if we can find this anywhere. I mean, we'll ask Google and not the assholes. But then that brings us to Boy Beats World in 1996. Premiered same day as Step by Step 1, of course. And uh, part of the... Sorry. It was the second part at Disney World. The only episode... This is the only episode of all of these to not end in fireworks. Uh, which is kind of a Disney World staple, but I guess we got the fountain at the end. Well, that's because, as far as I know, Epcot does not have a fireworks show. Uh, they do now. They have, like, the, the, the world one around the lake, right? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch in 1998 used to promote the opening of Animal Kingdom. A new park opened two days before the episode aired. Only seen at Animal Kingdom, no Splash Mountain. 
which again is really interesting because I went to the opening of Animal Kingdom. I have to say, I also went to that opening. I think there was just a bunch of previews they gave yeah. to like all the employees to just hand out to random people. Well, my mom worked at a resort, so that would probably make sense. I got it from a friend of my mom's, but uh, we went in. I remember it being a real big disappointment that first year. Well, of course it was because they hadn't gotten all of the kinks worked out. And I think. Gosh, we're going on such a tangent. It if, doesn't matter. If you're going to Animal <laughs> Kingdom, guys, get there early. Because I had to learn the hard way that animals they don't hang out outside past about 11 a.m. <laughs> and that was my main disappointment. Was so not we seeing started any our journey this year at Animal Kingdom. But we did it because friends had told us that the Avatar wait was ridiculous. We were literally one of the some of the first people in the park. And it was already five hours. Wow. And that's just because like everyone just waited outside the gates, and then went directly there. Wow. So, I mean, I don't, like, I hope at some point in time they just cut people off from getting in line. But we still weren't able to ride it. And uh, But we did have fun at Animal Kingdom. But you're right, around noon we left to do other things. Sure, sure. Uh, George Lopez in 2004, they go to Disneyland instead of Disney World, used to promote the Tower of Terror. Episode aired five days before a ride opened. Um, and... Really just a 24-minute commercial for the ride. Tower of Terror, no longer a ride at Disneyland. It's been transformed to Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? Yeah. Ah, Orlando okay. still has one, but yeah. Yeah, this was, uh, I believe, uh, Modern Family 2011. I, I kind of remember that one. Back at Disneyland, nothing special really about this The one. Blackish episode's fun. I don't know if he has that. That's, that was up here. Uh, the Middle, which I actually love The Middle. Have you ever watched mm-hmm. The Middle? No. The Middle's actually really good. It's like one of the ones that it it was very fortunate to stay under the radar to where it wasn't bad, so it never got canceled, but it was like just in the right time slot to where enough people watched it. Almost it's like really, Boy Meets World. Yeah, very, very much so. But like, it's a good show. Check out The Middle. Yeah. I'll make it one of my homework assignments. <laughs> and uh, they go to Disney World. They don't actually go on any rides in this one. Uh, and then Blackish in 2016, Disney World used to promote VIP tours. 100%. And that one's all about them feeling bossy and, you know. Him spoiling the kids, them not appreciating, not having to wait in lines. All that, yeah, that's a fun episode. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and so there you go. There's ABC's Journey. With Disney World and Disney in general. And you know what? I looked forward to it every time. Cause, and also, too, like when I was in the... I, we weren't really going on big vacations all the time like that when I was a kid. So, like, I would vacation vicariously through these cast members every every year. Well, I mean, again, I'm, if you're still with us, uh, stay with us because we're going to get into the episode. But I think <laughs> it's really important to talk about because... Part of this is the whole appeal of Disney. Yeah. And growing up in Florida, I tell people all the time, we lived in resorts. Yeah. Like, we lived resort living, and you could go to Disney at any point in time. It got to the point where people were like, you haven't gone to Disneyland when I moved here? And I was like, I went to Disney every year from, like, 11 to 17. I had like... <laughs> an annual pass for multiple years. Like I, I, It would be that thing where we would go just for dinner and to watch a show or something. Absolutely. Like... It was just like having a theme park in your backyard, yeah. literally. 15 minutes. Like, really, <laughs> not far. So it is interesting to see the appeal that they they sell Disney as and the ease that they sell Disney as. Because, again, in this particular episode, there are certain things where I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you could not do this that easily in Disney. 
One of my main complaints about this is that apparently ABC and Disney have enough of a relationship where they can feature the parks, but not enough of a relationship to feature any copyrighted music. Because <laughs> none of these episodes have any Disney music whatsoever. That's a very good point. I never thought about that. And I'm sure it is just legal at well, that point in time. they apparently could get uh, Twist and Shout or whatever the hell they're dancing to at Chubby's in the opening sequence oh slash 1950s. Alright, so are you ready to talk about yeah. the episode? Yeah, let's go into it. Alright, so let's get into our roll call before we do any of that. Roll call. Uh, start off, the first person we meet is Hillary Tuck as Kristen. Now, this chick has been in the show before, yes? Or am I taking crazy pills? No, she, she feels like, I feel like she has been. And maybe she was in, like, again, a different... Was she not the chick that they remade at the dance? <sighs> she is. Or at least, like, I think she's played by the same actress. I don't know if it's the same I don't, name. I don't know if it's... I don't think it's the same name. But yeah. I think it might be the same actress. And I feel like Boy Meets World has done that a few times, thinking that... It's Boy Meets World. Remember, this was the time before the internet went crazy and would dissect every single episode. They would not be able to get away with this now without us being like, uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> she had a G- uh, 3.5 GPA and only wore red shoes on Tuesday. We've been that benching this whole season all day. <laughs> I just saw this episode. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how we would handle it now. But, um, I just was like, when I saw her, I was like, oh, she looks familiar. Yeah, she just seemed like, I, and again, I I think I recognize her because she was on the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show. Ah. And if so, I definitely heard you say that before, so. With, uh, Peter Scolari. She has played three characters on this show. Damn. Kristen, Sarah, and Samantha. So, yeah. <laughs> Have we seen all the episodes and without... Cheating, could you tell me which episodes Absolutely those not. You and I just had to go research to make sure that we had seen her before. But yeah, oh, uh, apparently the casting agent really likes this Hillary Tuck, and she's been in quite a few things. So she just has one of those faces. She's also part of that whole 90s teen cast, I guess. Ginger. Um, we also get ourselves a... Andrew Keegan. I knew who you is would be okay, about this. We are going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> about Andrew Keegan. Did you have a crush on him? Absolutely. There's something about this kid Absolutely. that's so douchey, though. Absolutely. And here's the thing. It is, because I thought about it. If JTT was the all-American, sweet, cute, lovable crush that you had, Andrew Keegan was the sexy bad boy in everything he played and i don't know why we did this because this kid is like 14 at this point in time yeah but since full house when he was like 10 they were like you're the sexy bad boy he has always played that character and it's insane to me that as a at a young age we were like you're gonna be the one that the girl shouldn't get but every girl's gonna want to fuck and by the way every girl in Secretly gay child wanted to fuck Andrew Keegan, and he's still hot. I think the first time I was introduced to him was Independence Day. When he plays literally the exact same character. That is his character. His character is Sexy Bad Boy. And I again, it makes me laugh that you get it at such a young age. And he really did do just almost every 90s show. He was on Moesha, Seventh Heaven, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Like, he really did everything. Like, he's one of those, 
people that you won't recognize by name, but you would recognize if you saw his his face. Um, I can't think of a single. I can't think of a single role he's played that he was not the forbidden love interest. Yeah. Or like the playboy. Like I just every single one, he's just that guy. He's on the hunt. And it's funny. Day. I like again, I just I wanna know what it is about him that at seven someone's like, Yes, that is you. That is your character. Well, I have some things to say about the character he plays, but let's finish yeah. out the roll call. Okay, um we also get Stacy Keegan or Keenan as Dana. Yes, uh, the from Step by Step. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and then we get Debbie Dunning as Alexandria, who is the um, dolphin instructor. Yes, exactly. So the you might also know her from Home Improvement, another yes, Home Improvement exactly. crossover that we had. A lot of uh, I told you ABC the sets family. are right next door. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's our roll call. Okay, so one of the things I want to say about Andrew... Um, Keegan. Keegan. What's his character's name? I'm Ronnie. Like? Ronnie. Okay, so... Ronnie Lips. Or the something. Lips. Ronnie yes. the Lips. Okay, so... <laughs> all right. The episode starts with Corey on a date with Ginger Chick. And Kristen. Kristen. And she's like... Uh, you know, the whole school's talking about how you're on dates nonstop since the panga. Pause. Yep. This is not Corey. When did this Corey show up? Well, so I do think it's funny because what they say is they said that since he's been single, and don't get me wrong, we have seen him, like, date uh, a, a few times, and of course we have other things, but they've kind of shown that Corey has thrown himself into the dating pool, and he's like this suave, like... Corey has found a way to make his dorkiness work for him. Yes. Because he's, like, dancing dorky, but it's, like, funny. And she's, like, I don't... He's, like, I don't have any lines. Or any moves. Or and any then moves. she says... Then she says, yeah, all the girls say that you roll a french fry between your fingers before you kiss a girl. And... And he's caught doing it, but he's, like, huh, funny story. Immediately throws it away and then start lip-locking her. And, again, I was, like, Corey has found his groove... And in yes. this Playboy And apparently role. he is kissing all these girls with french fry breath left and right. <laughs> uh, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because both he and Ronnie, uh -huh. apparently there are just stories of their dating escapades floating throughout the school. So much so that they have, like, no nicknames and no moves. And yeah. while I might have known about, like, sexual escapades and drama in high school, I never knew that, like... Oh yeah, right before so and so fucks this girl, he da 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 da. Like, there's nothing that specific that was rumored throughout. But I the feel school. like I feel like there is. I remember uh, in school, it may not have been like, oh, he has this particular move, but there definitely people were known, or there were signatures, or there was just some kind of rumor mail, and there were individuals who had reputations as, oh, you don't date this guy, you sleep with this guy, or you don't. You know, like, this girl will do X, Y, Z. So, you, you know what, what I will say that, unfortunately, just to <laughs> take a the screenshot of culture for a second, 2006, um, I heard way more things about girls than I ever heard about guys. Um, and I think it's because I hung out with girls that I knew of. But, like, that, and then also, I think I was also someone who, like, I just was observant, so I understood that certain guys did certain things. But I will also say that I spoke to several of our uh, female classmates, and I was like, oh, so-and-so was so innocent, or so-and-so was this. And the girls were like, no, bruh. 
he was like known for this one thing or like and I'll tell you after recording but there were just several people where I was like oh really and the girls were like yeah and everyone knew about it so yeah so <laughs> she's into what anal <laughs> Uh, okay. But yeah, no, I just thought it was really interesting because I immediately was like, Corey has become kind of a predictable cliche playboy. And it's funny because I wrote that in my notes before Topanga calls him a playboy. Um, and I thought it was interesting that he proudly declares that I only did so to distract myself from you when he's talking to Topanga later. Um, which... I I have to say, I love Topanga. I love that we're finally getting to the point where these two are these two crazy kids are getting back together. But I do not think that she should have gotten back with Corey. Oh, time. absolutely not. I I love what this episode does in certain parts, and then it really undermines itself in the end. The addition of Kristen to the story negates everything Corey does for Topanga. Well, no, so honestly, for me, the addition of Kristen actually made, like, it was sitcom comedy to me in the perfect way because there would be times where, like, Corey would say something and she would just show up at the wrong, wrong time. And I was like, I, too, keep forgetting about her because she keeps showing up <laughs> ruining Corey's declarations of love. Well, do you know why she's ruining it? Because Corey is not being honest to her about the way he feels about her. He is stringing her along while telling Topanga, you're the one for me. Get the fuck out of here, Corey. And I completely agree with you. That is my problem with this episode. My problem with this episode is we never have Corey confront Kristen and be like, hey, I'm sorry. I came here for Topanga. This has all been a misunderstanding. And, like, that that whole one-to-one, that heart-to-heart that he has with the dolphin should have been with the actual human being. I can't even get into the dolphin <laughs> scene, bro. I really, it, it bothers me so fucking much. This show is so lazy with exposition that they had to have a scene in which Corey, at the instruction of Dana from Step by Step, yep. has a heart-to-heart confession. All right, no. We can't get into this because this brings to one of my biggest problems I have with this episode, which happens earlier in the show is this unrestricted access these kids have to Disney World. They are going behind the scenes. They, they slept are going, in they an slept attraction. in the Splash Mountain <laughs> ride. Like, you cannot do this at all. They got there, apparently, which uh, anyone who knows anything about Disney World, you have to take a shuttle. Uh, you know, like, you it seemed like... as if they got right off the airport and they walked up into Epcot. <laughs> like, that's just what Orlando is. You get off the plane and there's this. Exactly. And, of course, there's, like, a suspension of uh, belief that you have to take when you are looking at a TV show. But it's just funny, as people who have gone to Disney World and who are from Orlando, to see the storyline of, hey, this select group of people have won a trip to Disney World. For an education contest that we never see. Yeah. Um, someone else is like, you know what? I'll just go to Disney. World I'm just gonna show up. It'll as be if fine. Tickets to Florida aren't crazy, and as if there isn't 
any other thing that involves a trip to Disney World. People just, matter of fact, Topanga and them, they just show up. There's no bus, there's no accommodations. You know what? Just at Disney. Topanga and them, whatever. (laughs) They won a contest. Maybe this whole thing has worked out. I don't know the details of that. What I do know is that for Corey to go from Philadelphia to Florida with Sean. Yeah. And this is end of April, early May. So literally like the busiest time of year. Yep. They get multiple day park hopper tickets, (laughs) from what I can tell. They're spending thousands on this trip. Where is this money coming from? (laughs) We don't work. Are we? Uh, It comes from uh, Sean's uncle. Yeah, apparently. Because they do mention that, hey, when we we go down to Florida, we may have to break someone's legs and they gloss right over it. You know what? That is how they get the money for it. Because here's the thing. <gasps> we knew that the tickets, they were covered. But he says, when we get there, we may have to break a few knees. So, that's how they did it. They got paid for it. And because it they fulfilled it. <laughs> they broke a guy's they broke knees a guy's in Orlando. Knee so they could go. Now, that is love. <laughs> Dude. Hey, you know what I thought was super interesting about this show? What? Um, this is the first time I can recall, maybe the only time I can recall, them filming on location instead of on the set. And it was very interesting to see them, like, running around Disney World outside. They've never looked so white, by the way. <laughs> um, but it was just, I was like, especially during the fountain scene at the end, it felt very cinematic because they were on location. Yeah. And, and you're right, we don't get to see them outside of sets very often. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it was, was it this season or like maybe late last season was the first time we had moved from our traditional sets. Yeah. So this is brand new and we're starting to, I guess, get a higher budget. And uh, Boy Meets World is starting to get, I don't know, some respect at ABC. But it is interesting to me. That, as you were saying earlier, Corey and them are just able to, like, move about the park as if there wouldn't be Disney security. Again, for me, especially how we've seen things in our other podcasts where we're constantly talking about ways to remake things or how it would work now. It's like, how hard is it to set this entire storyline in the lobby of the hotel right before? So anytime he wants to talk to Topanga, anytime they're like, well... When we'll be able to find her. Set it in a lobby of the hotel. And then you can still do your Disney things. But it just it would be a little bit more realism. One of my biggest pet peeves about this episode is... And I think there's another episode that does this too. Uh, of a different show that we mentioned going to Disney World. <clears throat> was that uh, someone searching for someone else in the theme park... And doing so by going on rides. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this will be looking for Topanga, and yet you are doing everything else. If you're on a ride, you're not finding anyone. That's not how rides work. Although, <laughs> they do have a very funny joke where they wait in a long line, and it's for churros. Yes. Um, which I, I love that, because for me, A, that was, that was Disney realism. And also, I was like... Does Disney, like, get what they're saying? Because they're like, we've been waiting in this line forever, and it was just to get a churro. And I was like, that is very true to Disney. But at the same time, is that what you want to be marketing? Our lines are so long, you have to wait for a churro? (laughs) And they are. Yes, they are. (laughs) We We waited (laughs) for 20 minutes so I could get a turkey leg. So (laughs) Which is not turkey leg. Yeah, I know that. (laughs) Um, Can we talk uh, about... 
Oh, gosh. You know what's interesting? Does Lips even try to make a move on Topanga, really? He does, but, um, I, and we can go on that, because what I want to talk about is, we, we've talked about the park a little bit, um, and I want to talk about Corey and Topanga and, like, the whole storyline of, like, pursuing one's love. Sure. But let's talk about um, Waterman for a little bit more, and as you were saying, Waterman and Topanga, who's Lips? And... We see them immediately in Orlando. First of all, when we first see Lips, he's talking to another girl. Yeah. Then the moment that they're like, hey, he's going on the same trip with Topanga, all of a sudden it's like implied that he he's like, oh, I have my makeout buddy for the next few weeks. And you're like, why is that implied? There was like no conversation. The boys assume it. He assumes it. Everyone's just like, oh, it's going to be him and Topanga on this trip. There's no conversation between them. Other than when we see Topanga and uh, Lips on the ride, she's, like, talking to him, and he's, like, trying to be touchy-feely with her. But she's never, like, into him. There's never, like... We've seen Topanga date other guys, and it would be different if she was, like, oh, I'm really excited to go on this date with him. But she isn't. And she, even at one point in time, he's, like, says something, and she's like, would you stop? You've been trying to kiss me this entire ride. I don't like it. And I was like, yes, this is what I wanted from this storyline. I wanted someone to be like, this is not romantic. It's sketchy and pressuring someone into talking to you after they've expressed that they just want to be friends is harassment. And Topanga immediately says, the more you chase me, the less likely I am to even want to be around you. And then you have Corey show up being like, I will always chase you. And that, that again... Uh, is what I thought was a great storyline. Again, that great. is later undermined. Great story that they immediately undermined. Immediately undermined. It's like they worked so hard to... Like, this whole episode should be about boundaries. About the fact that Corey tells Topanga how he yes. feels before she leaves. And if she goes, if she decides, hey, I want to be friends, I'm going on this trip, which he does not congratulate her for. Yeah. Oh, I was again, all of these things I have problems if with. If she goes on this trip and she ends up blowing this kid, Ronnie, <laughs> like, that's a choice that she's making knowing that you have feelings for her. And that's and it's interesting too because for Corey to be insecure about Ronnie when Ronnie has a bigger reputation than Corey does, and the reputation is the exact thing that Topanga is disinterested in, yeah. never occurs to him. Well, it shows that he doesn't really understand Topanga. You know, he's like, I, I know you. I've always been in love with you. It's like, well, then why did you think this would work? Yeah. Like, if you know Topanga, this, she makes it very clear that this isn't her. And also, with Topanga, we kind of get this mixture of the old Topanga and the new Topanga. Yeah. Because, like, the whole thing with Topanga's hair and, like, the trunk being her, uh, her Carry all yeah. her hair, hair products. products and stuff. Yeah. I was like, that's not the Topanga that we would know. But, again, they're trying to make her kind of girly and then kind of the old Topanga who's still a feminist and still, uh, you know, I am woman, hear, hear me roar. Sure, sure. Also, I just want to say, we don't see Jonathan at all on this trip. And supposedly he's a chaperone. I don't. I don't see a single chaperone on this entire <laughs> trip, which is why kids are just hanging back with dolphins alone, unsupervised. Disney, you a, a, a child can die. What's going on? Um, I want to talk real fast about the fact that uh, Corey has a sign that you mentioned. I will chase you forever. If you were having a a meal 
at Disney World. <laughs> and you looked over and saw that someone had a sign that he was showing to a girl who was running away. You would think he was murdering her, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I will Imagine if your ex-boyfriend. Uh, like, again, it's I, terrifying. I mentioned this last episode. I've been watching you. And it's like, this is where that mindset comes from. Of guys being like, oh, no, no, no I'm doing this for you. As he Corey says, I did this from my heart. How could you not understand that all of the things that I was doing was for you? And it's like, no, I got it. And it's creepy. Yo, and that's Stop. and that's where this episode takes a wrong <laughs> turn because the episode should have been about how grand romantic gestures that come from an insincere place or without addressing the root cause of the issue, it, it, it distracts more than it attracts. Yes. But it doesn't do that because at the end Topanga's like, oh no, you did all these things for me and I should have been appreciative she of it. She apologizes to, to him. him. And that was when I was <sighs> like, hell's... Like, like that was when I was, like, completely uh, against this episode. Because I was, like, as great... Like, at first, I was already upset with the idea of, hey, I'm going to surprise her in Orlando and lie to my parents and get on a plane, on a cargo plane, and all these other things. I was, like, I hate this harassment storyline in general. But the moment Topanga stood up and was, like, I don't like being chased. You're actually harassing me. Stop it. Both you and... And Corey. I was like, yes. And what's crazy is, immediately after, when Corey's like, oh, hey, I didn't think you saw me. She's like, no, I saw you. Stop it. Kristen shows up and was like, hey, Corey, I don't think you saw me. And we're made to believe she's the crazy one. And you know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, there's there's He's double standards the immediately in that episode. But she's seen as, like, clingy and creepy. And Corey's like, no, 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 no I'm doing this for love. And we never get that resolved where Corey is supposed to turn around and say, hey, Kristen, you know, honestly, I'm sorry if I led you on. I'm here for Topanga. She's the one that I love. And Topanga overhears that. Isn't that a bigger romantic gesture? I'm willing to have someone not like me and be honest about the way I feel about you versus a blimp or any of this other shit. Like, that's that's the little kid shit that I wish they would have addressed in this episode a little bit better. Because what she says is empty gestures aren't enough. And they show us that feelings are what Topanga cares for. And again, we see Corey express his feelings, but not to a human, not to Topanga, not to Kristen, not to Sean, to a dolphin. (laughs) That is the only time guys are allowed to be vulnerable. Why not use Dana when you have her there just to have that same conversation? Absolutely. Have Dana kind of hit on him a little bit and be like, hey, you know, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why not? You know? Yeah. Um... It's almost as if the theme of, like, the lesson, the Feeny lesson of this episode is uh, no doesn't mean no. No means try harder. Well, I mean, we ABC was notorious for that. I mean, Urkel and Laura, that's pretty much what we got for years. It was yeah. like, I will eventually wear you down, and you will understand that everything that I'm doing is for our love. Which is so, so creepy. Um, exactly. Do we want to quickly talk about Eric giving an oral exam as Corey's <laughs> dummy? Because that's hilarious. Well, there are two things I wanted to mention uh, about Eric and, and, and Sean even. And I was like, Eric and Sean completely step up in this episode to help Corey. Blind support. Like, well, I wouldn't say blind, but like they both they both give reasons. Like, Eric says... You're my only brother. This seems to be really important to you. I figured, you know, we don't have a lot of time left together. 
So I'm willing to do this for you because I know it's important. And and he does so. And, it, and he made a doll to look like Corey, which means that Eric put in time for this. I would like to think he had a doll already. <laughs> which he could have, but I'm just saying, no matter what, he took it seriously. Same thing goes, he took an oral exam for his brother. <laughs> And then that's the kind of cartoon shit that this show throws in every now and then, where people just Corey's doll, dummy passes <laughs> as him all the time. Where Sean's doing double takes. That's come on, guys. What are we doing? Um, and then well, I just want to quickly and, talk about what you just said though about Eric because I when I was watching this, I was like, this doesn't seem like the Eric I know. The Eric I know would be quick to throw Corey under the bus, and I get the fact that like he's leaving, but. Between this and the next episode, which we're going to talk more about, obviously, in the next episode, um, I feel like this relationship between Corey and Eric would be much more interesting if we got seeds of it throughout the season and not just thrown on us in these episodes when it's convenient. I agree, but I think almost always, when it comes to Topanga, everyone rallies. You know what I mean? Everyone knows that that's... Everyone rallies... For Corey, when it's a Topanga-motivated thing. That's true, thing. that's true. Uh, because that leads us to Sean, which is what I wanted to bring up. And Sean is like, oh, I got us two tickets. And Corey's like, two? And he's like, yeah, I figure you're always there for me. I want to be there for you. And I was like, this that that all of that happens within like five minutes. And I was like, this is a very good uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just envision, envision Corey by himself Breaking someone's legs <laughs> in Orlando. <laughs> Sean needed to go to help him break the legs. I'm just saying that Sean got him tickets to Orlando. Because Corey was like, we have to figure out a way. And he's like, oh, it's already settled. Like, what I'm saying is, Sean got him there. Eric covered for him. And they understood that this was something that Corey wanted to do. And they rallied behind him. And I just thought that was actually a very sweet moment sure, to show. Sure. Because they didn't have to. They could have just kept writing up exposition. And never really explained how any of this happens. But totally. they take a moment to show that he has support system behind him. And even his parents later on are like, you know what? After everything, we're not going to pretend like you weren't gone for two days. But we are going to be happy that you were able to things out with Topanga, and I thought that was really special. I, you know, I have to say, there's a lot of things that obviously we can poke holes at, a lot of, of course, threads that we can pull. But I have to say, every time I watch this episode and the fountain scene happens, I'm charmed over to the point where every time I go to Epcot and I pass that fountain, I think about this Boy Meets World episode and that scene, and really the start of Corey and Topanga having this grand star-crossed lovers romance begins now. And I think that's one of the significant things about that this episode does that stands out in the series is that before they dated and they were just kind of like, oh, are we friends? Are we not? Whatever. But this is them saying like, oh no, we're we're going to be together. And this is the beginning of the most epic romance in teen television history. The happiest show on earth. The happiest show on earth. A few more notes that I just want to point out. One, they keep like, talk about revisionist history. Corey's like, I don't know why I broke up with Topanga. Uh, you didn't. She broke up with you. We saw that not too long ago. Yeah, and you both um, lied to each other about spending time together. That's why exactly. you broke up. Um, why did we not want to be together? Again, because Topanga said, he was like, I thought we could just be friends. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not how that worked. <laughs> it's amazing how the mind works. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I dumped her. And I don't understand why. I thought I didn't want it more. 
That's not how that went down at all. Topanga made a decision and asked you to honor it. And that is respectable. But going back and trying to rewrite it is laughable. Number one. And then second of all, you have Morgan out of nowhere being someone who like curses. Okay. I I have a thought about that. Okay. So the epilogue of this episode is Morgan saying... Oh, Corey gets a month yes. grounded for going to Orlando unannounced. Yeah. And Morgan goes, what? I got more for that the last time <laughs> I said bleep, 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 bleep. Exactly. Now, if you read her lips, <laughs> and guys, forgive my language, but again, this is this is what I think I saw her say. <laughs> Please, if there's little ears in the car, cover them, guys. It looks like she says, cocksucker in the ass. What? I don't believe that at all. (laughs) Watch the episode, bro. I I challenge all of you. Watch this episode. Look at her lips. That's the the shapes she is making. Believe me, I really tried to figure it out. Because I was like, what would get this girl grounded for multiple months? And that's kind of it. I imagine she said it in school, maybe? I don't know. We didn't. She disappeared and came back a different girl. I just thought it was weird that we have someone, like, they gave Morgan this edge. And I was like, is that necessarily what's going on here? And again, if she's learning language like that, where did she learn it from, (laughs) Alan? (laughs) Okay, um, as we wrap this up, bruh moments. Um, I will chase you forever is my bruh moment. I'm going to say, like, also Splash Mountain getting featured, uh, again. Disney is trying to make money off of this extremely racist movie without wanting to take any responsibility for the movie and still reap profits well into the 1990s. What are we doing here, guys? 1990s? 2000s? <laughs> Cancel Splash Mountain. I, I, guys, I, I need to take a second for this. <laughs> now that we're at the Brown moment, one of the things I, I was at Splash Mountain this weekend at Disneyland and after um, learning more about Song of the South and this movie and this fucking ride disney invested 80 million dollars into this ride in the 1980s well after they decided that it was too racist to release on vhs yep so why do they keep trying to promote this and someone will be like oh i love splash mountain it's a great ride regardless of the movie then why don't they remake it yeah tower of terror came out after splash mountain and that got remade so what's the excuse they know (laughs) <laughs> it's not even like a they profitable don't even want the conversation. Like they change it to Pocahontas, change it to Jungle Book, or something that you can actually sell merch from. Like, what are you doing, Disney? Also, you know, because you watched the same thing that I did, that Splash Mountain wasn't even the name of it in the movie. Splash was just something that they did to tie in with the movie Splash yep. and the popularity from there. So you could literally name it. Anything. You can change the ride to anything, but the fact that it's still based on this racist movie is ridiculous, so that is my bruh moment for Boy Meets World. I know you didn't intend to walk into this category, (laughs) but you did. Surprise. Uh, And mine is gonna be that, uh... That you storyline, yeah. <laughs> just the the tracking someone down, stalking them, and then of course making Topanga apologize. You know what I, I feel just... the worst for in this episode? Who? Kristen. Yeah. This ginger got <laughs> go, uh, like she really 
this guy told her all these things about how he felt about her and all just lying to her left and right. She wastes her entire trip to Disney chasing this guy who just makes out with Topanga and we never even hear what happens to never her. Never hear. Well, apparently she comes back as like Samantha or Sarah. So I hope that she's the one who blew Ronnie in, in <laughs> I hope that that's oh, her. I have a hundred percent like feeling that Ronnie was taking and I, and yeah, and I hope that they just had a grand old, you know, teen sexual time that just, you know what, Corey, you weren't privy to. I have no problem with, uh, and Andrew Keegan can always get it. I think he should know that. I think Andrew mm-hmm. Keegan knows that he can get it at any time, anywhere, since he was seven, people have been telling him that, and it's still true today, so. Gosh, what, what must that do to a person? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, apparently makes them the bad boy and everything they try to do. Hmm. <laughs> I imagine he's just like at the DMV and someone's just like, you're the bad boy, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Feeny taught me. Feeny taught me that no don't mean no sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, what lesson must be? Help your friends? I think that the, the lesson of the episode was said perfectly, which is that grand gestures don't count. Emotions have to... Uh, and feelings are, are what really changes hearts. And I think that's what we're supposed to take away from it. And even though it does it sloppily, Topanga only forgives him after she hears what he says uh, to the dolphin. So, <laughs> Which he calls a, a fish. Amber. Not a fish. <laughs> the fact that the dolphin is the key to this storyline working should tell you how ridiculous this episode is. Okay, what are you giving this episode? Dude... Regardless of all that shit, the episode's getting the name. I love this episode. I get happy every time I watch it. Whatever. I know it's bad. I love it. I'm only going to give this a B plus. I know that it's classic, but it has so many holes. It has a terrible plot from several people. And had they given Kristen any kind of resolution or had Topanga not apologize, I would give it its A. But because they don't, you're only getting a B plus from me. Okay. Uh, homework. What do you got? Um, yeah. So my homework is to encourage people to go out and watch the movie Us. Now, I know you might be thinking, this movie came out in March. See, why are you throwing it out there? Because I truly thought that Lapita should have gotten an Oscar nom. And I still stand by the fact that hashtag Oscar so white, hashtag Oscar so male, whatever you want to tell, say or do, do about it. This Oscars really dropped the ball by not giving this chick a nomination. And I know there's amazing performances from everyone, but to get such an amazing, iconic performance from a horror movie, I feel like it's one of those things the Oscars were never destined to appreciate, but it has influenced the culture in such a big way that I feel like that movie is represents 2019 uh, more than any other. So um, that is what I'm throwing out there for homework. All right. That's a, that's a really good one. Uh, for me, completely shifting... Uh, the tone a little bit. Uh, I am going to ask people to listen to some Brandy. Uh, oh. We were talking about this earlier, and uh, they were just kind of playing it, and you know, some good old, old, at this point in time, classic R&B, some early Brandy hits. 25 years? Yeah, I mean, she's been in the game for a while, but like... Like, like, uh, baby, 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 sitting up in my room. Sitting Those up in like my room, I mean, like, again, old. but like, does it? Is it not a bop? It's it. It is. You and know, then is that also, baby face? I think it is. I think a lot of her jams are baby face jams. But also, I don't know if it's on Disney Plus. But if the 
Cinderella. Cinderella. The Brandy Cinderella is up there again. Treat yourself to a good time. Whitney Houston, <laughs> RIP. I mean, I mean, it's to. it's it's all really good. Interracial cast. Everyone yes. does their thing. Bernadette Peters. Like we are getting some good stuff with that uh, Brandy Cinderella. So. Top three Brandy songs go. Again, it would be Sitting Up in My Room, mm-hmm. Baby, and then also, um, hold on one second, Almost Doesn't Count. You, almost Doesn't Count's a great one. Almost Doesn't Count, yo. Okay, can I... Ooh, do collabs count because... <laughs> yes, collabs do count. I'm going to say, because if, if that's the case, I will have to say, Brandy and Monica, the boy is mine, but, you know, that, I mean, that literally, that's... That's everything. That's it's, it's it's absolutely everything. Almost her entire. You keep going. Um, okay, top three Brandy songs in no particular order. Sitting up in my room for sure. Donald Faison is in that music video. <laughs> is he really? Yes, he is. Check it out. <laughs> um, the I do you remember the song at the end of Set It Off? Like uh, the last one when Stoney's crying. Yes. And it's just this uh, how I'm gonna miss you. The yes. song's like I miss you or whatever. It's a great song. I, I'm just going to throw it in there because I want to give more attention to it. Okay. And lastly, have you ever loved somebody uh, so much it makes you uh, cry? Uh, have you ever is like... Needed something so bad you can't sleep at night. Brandy, I get you. Have you ever is such... It's so good. It's like up there as like one of those ballads. And when she hits that note, you feel it. You're crying. You're in your room, in your bathtub with some candles lit. Just like... She is definitely teenage heartbreak. I get it. But the attitude of almost doesn't count, that yeah. it takes the cake for me. It really is. It it's really great. does. It's great. Okay. Um, so thank you guys for listening to Brother Meets World. Remember, you can find us now on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all the places. Leave us a rating. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, at Brother Meets World. Our email is at BrotherMeetsWorld at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J-T-C. You can find me on Instagram at BraverMe, at .braver.me. And guys, you can find me right back here next week talking about the season finale of season three of Boy Meets World. And guys, I mean, you already know, I'm titillated that the fact that we're ending the season and we're getting the season four titillated guys <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled okay remember to dream try and do good yeah later bros later bros